Draksham gam dam yam Shadam Tram Ankitam Drishtya by fortune. Hare, O Lord, Ashayaha of this world, Bhavataha of your lordship, Pada of the place, Bhuvaha on this earth, Varaha the burden created by the demons, Apanitaha now removed, Tawa of your lordship, Janmana by appearance, as an incarnation, Ishituhu, you, the controller of everything, Dristya, and by fortune, Ankitam, marked, Patpadakai, by your lotus feet, Tushobanai, which are transcendentally decorated with marks of conch shell, disc, lotus, and club. Drakshama, <clears throat> we shall surely observe. Gam, upon this earth. Yamcha, in heaven also. Due to your causeless mercy upon us, 
translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. O Lord, we are fortunate because the heavy burden of the demons upon this earth is immediately removed by your appearance. Indeed, we are certainly fortunate, for we shall be able to see upon this earth and in the heavenly planets the marks of lotus, conch shell, club, and disc that adorn your lotus feet. So these are the continuing prayers of the demigods to Lord Krishna before he's appearing. So I can say, and you can repeat, O Lord, we are fortunate because the heavy burden of the demons upon this earth is immediately removed by your appearance. Indeed, we are certainly fortunate, for we shall be able to see upon this earth and in the, and in the heavenly planets the marks of lotus, conch shell, club, and disc that adorn your lotus feet. Purport. The soles of the Lord's lotus feet are marked with Shankya Chakra Gada Padma, conch shell, disc, club, and lotus, and also by a flag and a thunderbolt. When Krishna walks on this earth or in the heavenly planets, these marks are visible wherever he goes. Vrindavan Dham is a transcendental place because of Krishna's walking upon this land frequently. The inhabitants of Vrindavan are very fortunate to see these marks here and there. When Akrur went to Vrindavan to take Krishna and Balaram away to the festival arranged by Kamsa, upon seeing the marks of the Lord's lotus feet on the ground of Vrindavan, he fell down and began to groan. These marks are visible to the devotees who receive the causeless mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Tavanam Kampitam. So I'm going to read that sentence again because it's so important for us to remember. These marks are visible to devotees who receive the causeless mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The demigods were jubilant, not only because the appearance of the Supreme Lord would, go away, would do away with the burdensome demons, but also because they would be able to see upon the ground the transcendental marks from the soles of the Lord's lotus feet. The gopis always thought of the Lord's lotus feet when he was walking in the pasture ground, pasturing grounds. And, as described in the previous verse, simply by thinking of the Lord's lotus feet, the gopis were fully absorbed in transcendence. Like the gopis, one who is always absorbed in thought of the Lord is beyond the material platform and will not remain in this material world. It is our duty, therefore, always to hear, chant, and think about the Lord's lotus feet as actually done by Vaishnavas who have decided to live in Vrindavan. Always, and think of the Lord's lotus feet 24 hours a day. Om shalakaya chakshur unmilitam jenatasmai sri gurave namaha. Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Shtapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupatala Kadakaya Kadantakam Sivam Sakam
Oh Lord, we are fortunate because the heavy burden of the demons upon this earth is immediately removed by your appearance. Indeed, we are certainly fortunate, for we shall be able to see upon this earth and in the heavenly planets the marks of lotus, conch shell, club, and disc that adorn your lotus feet. So it's important to note here that uh, the demigods were very pleased that Krishna was coming. Uh, the fact that they were coming to, uh, or that he was coming to annihilate, uh, annihilate the demons was only part of it, you see. They needed relief from the demoniac forces. There's no doubt. They, they uh, really did need the Lord's intervention to uh, get Kali Yuga off to a positive spin, you see, and, and get some relief from the demoniac forces which were starting to cause great distress in the material world. So, but uh, when they thought of Krishna's coming to uh, help us, he's coming to protect us, uh, then immediately the thought of the Lord's lotus footprints, his feet on the earth and in the heavenly planets, uh, overtook that, you see. To them, that became uh, the predominating desire that they have. You see, it because when the Lord comes, when we can get to the point where we can see His footsteps, when the Lord when the Lord comes, uh, annihilation of the miscreants uh, and the demons is automatic. You know, it's not that we want Krishna to come and help us, and then uh, do the deed and just okay, that's that's very good. Now off you go. You know, back to the spiritual world. Thank you for coming. Now we're finished. See you later. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, uh, we should think of Krishna always, as Srila Prabhupada is saying here. We should meditate on this protection uh, that we get from Krishna. We should meditate on the Lord's lotus feet 24 hours a day. Very difficult for us to do that. You see. I don't know about you, but sometimes I awaken from a dream in the middle of the night. I, I have to, to get up. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's some idiotic dream that makes no sense. And I'm thinking, why wasn't I dreaming of Krishna? Why, why wasn't I dreaming of devotional service? Sometimes we do, but sometimes we wonder, why is this? When will my mind be so filled with uh, uh, Krishna Kata, his pastimes, uh, hearing his name, uh, chanting his glories, associating with the devotees? When will it be so filled that that's all that my mind has to play off of to, to make a dream? See, when oh, when will we get that? So how can we do this 24 hours a day? How can we uh, fill our minds up 24 hours a day? Well, uh, for the 18 or, <clears throat> or so hours that we're awake, we have to make sure that we fill those hours up with Krishna, you see. For the six that we may sleep or seven or whatever, if we want those to be... Uh, uh, absorbed in Krishna consciousness, then we have to think of Krishna at least all the time when we're awake, in our waking hours, you see. Uh, the real uh, thrust of this verse here, the, the, uh, the gist, is uh, reminding the devotees uh, uh, that 
the Lord is our supreme protector. <clears throat> the demigods, had they were smart enough to know we have no one to turn to but Krishna, you see. They didn't think, uh, they weren't so puffed up that they thought, well, we'll go to, uh, we'll put our heads together, we'll come up with special weapons, and we'll fight. You know, we'll take over, we'll do this. You know, we'll defeat the demons. And if we do that, then we're going to be in control. You see, they weren't thinking like, well, we'll do this. We'll keep Krishna in the background. We'll keep God in the background. You see, we'll do this ourselves. No, they were smart enough uh, and uh, devoted enough, <coughs> excuse me, devotee enough that they realized we need to call on the support of the Supreme Lord. So let us call us, let us ask Krishna to come and protect us. That is real intelligence. We can't protect ourselves, you see. Sometimes people say, well, I know karate or I know kung fu, I can protect myself. We can't protect ourselves. Krishna is our protector. You know, we may be able to beat somebody up or whatever, but overall we cannot protect ourselves. We're vulnerable and we need the love and the help of Krishna all the time. So that should be our constant consciousness. We should always be thinking, I need, I need the Lord's help, you see. Before we do anything, before we make any small attempt, we need to think, my dear Lord, I need your help here. I'm, uh, I want to become your instrument. Please consider me a puppet in your hand. I'm simply an, ins an instrument of yours. Doing as you uh, request, doing as you see fit. Not that I'm thinking, well, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I'm giving a class. I'm um, building something for Krishna or whatever. Uh, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, I am the ability in man. I give you the ability that you need to serve me. You have to come. What, do you, what is your con contribution? You come up with a desire to serve Krishna. Huh? Sincere desire to serve Krishna. My dear Lord, I want to serve you. And I, would wa I want to serve you in this way. However, I want to serve you in whatever way you would prefer me to serve you. I beg you to engage me in your, in your loving devotional service in whatever way you like. And please give me uh, the ability to do it properly. You see, we have to consider ourselves like uh, uh, a leaf that falls into a river. You know, sometimes in the mountain areas, we see these rivers that are flowing, you know, like melting snow. And the rivers are flowing very fast, real heavy current, you see. And if a, if a dried leaf falls down into this current, the current just carries it away. The leaf has no, it's helpless. It can't resist at all. It's just like, zoom, right away, you know. So we need to be that way with Krishna. No resistance whatsoever. Just be carried away, you see. Taking shelter, that's the, that's the nature of taking shelter. Now, to do that, we have to do some, some work. We have to, to kind of give ourselves a little bit of a transcendental tune-up. You know, we have to let go of the things that, uh, that are holding us back, you see. The leaf that falls into the water and is swept away by the current doesn't try to grab onto something on the bank, you see. He doesn't try to fight the current. He just goes with the current, you see. We should be like that. We shouldn't say, all right, my Lord, you know, I want to give you uh, 55, 85, 75 percent, 
surrender, but I'm going to hang on. You know, I need this. You know, so we'll give you everything else, but I need this, and, and I need this, and I want this. And I, so you've got your things that hold on to. You know, be swept away by his current. Where does this current go? Back to Godhead. <laughs> we want to go back to Godhead, and there is this flow of Krishna's mercy that will take us there. But sometimes we're not totally uh, convinced in that uh, we're still uh, attached from conditioning. We're still in this confused nature. We think that uh, we can talk about not being our bodies, and we can understand that we're not our bodies. But then to get our mind to have uh, uh, a subconscious knowledge like that takes some time and it takes some training, you see. Because immediately as we walk out of the temple, sometimes our mind starts talking, I want this, I want that. Hey, look at that, boy, I wish I had one of those, you see. And it's it, it, sometimes, by the time this happens, we've, we've all for, already forgotten, you know. I'm not my body, I am not my mind, you see. And we forget to dictate, you see. It's not that we have to argue with the mind so much, although that that is necessary. But if we keep, if we start uh, engaging the mind immediately, then the mind doesn't have time to say, "Well, yeah, but I want to do this." You know, it's like they say, idleness is the devil's workshop. You see, so we can't let it. We we need to keep um, pumping the instructions to the mind on what we're doing to serve Krishna. Uh, one thing that uh, uh, that I've noticed that many of my sannyasi god brothers have talked to me about, they, they thought it was just wonderful how uh, Srila Tamal Krishna Goswami would plan his his day and his week and his month and the quarters of the year and the year. You know, it's like Jadwe Tamaraj was saying. Uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami can tell you where he's going to be on September 22nd at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and who he's going to be meeting with. <laughs> he said, I can't do that. I can't. But we admire that somebody. So what's the purpose of that? Is it just organizational skills? Or is it that, my dear mind, I don't even have time to hear from you. You know? Because every day uh, he would start with a full day. There were no gaps to where he would sit and think, oh, let me see, what next? And then the mind can say, hey, well, as long as we've got time, what do you say we, uh, <laughs> you keep pumping, you see, some activity. Uh, if, we, if we have time to rest the body, then engage the mind in thinking about Krishna. You see, sometimes there's that tug of war between the mind and you, the soul, you're thinking, no, I want to talk, think about Krishna. And the mind is, well, yeah, but this is a really good thought. You ought to listen to me. You're on, no, I'm sorry, my mind. You know, I've got this that I want to think about. Oh, but this is really going to be great. You ought to listen to me, you know. So we have to, uh, we have to continue not be discouraged. And we have to ask for the protection of Krishna. You see, the protection is there. We just have to ask. Krishna, please protect me from my from Maya. Please protect me from my mind. Please help me to get over this conditioning that keeps me functioning in uh, in this 
actually malfunctioning in this material way. You see, I keep malfunctioning. And then, um, don't cut yourself a lot of slack in that regard. Be honest with yourself, to thine own self be true. When you don't feel that you're doing uh, as well as you can, let yourself know. Just say, look, you know, I don't, I don't think that that was the right thing. I don't think that you did that, handled that properly. Uh, you know, self-discipline. You know, you can tell yourself. You can, you can talk to yourself in such a way that you can't talk to others. You know, you can discipline yourself. You can say, look, I don't want to see any more of that. You better stop it right now. You can tell your mind. Okay. We can do that. We can't do that with others. Okay. We have a tendency, um, uh, in order to escape dealing with ourselves, we try to deal with others. In that, uh, sometimes we need to be criticized. We need to, to self-criticize ourselves. We need to say, that was not the right thing to do. That wasn't proper. You didn't give your all. You didn't do that. You know, you just kind of did it. You didn't do it properly. Srila Prabhupada spoke often of uh, the art of doing a thing perfectly. That means that a devotee gives his all in all to do his service. In everything, everything he does is devotional service, but everything he does, the devotee doesn't halfway do anything. He does it perfectly. Some people call us uh, obsessive-compulsive, you know, the devotees, because we do things so nicely. If you see the decoration on the Rothkarts, you see the, the, the decoration of the deities, the decoration of the temple, <laughs> you see, do it perfectly. Carry that philosophy with you in everything that you do, parenting, um, in your job, what, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it as nicely as you can. <clears throat> because everything you do should be done as an offering to Krishna. See? So, therefore, if everything that we do should be an offering to Krishna, then everything we should do should be at our, at our best. You see? And we don't think like, <clears throat> well, no, I'm working for some karmi, and he's just going to make a profit off my actions, so it doesn't matter how I do it. No, it it does. It it certainly does. It matters how you do it. Even if they don't know that you're a devotee, it matters. But especially if they know you're a devotee, if they know you're a devotee of Krishna, and they recognize that every time this person does something, you ever notice that it's just first class. You see, that reflects on your guru. And it reflects on Krishna. Wow, those Krishnas must be first class. I'll bet they're all that way. I wonder if they're all that way. This person, everything, they, even something minor, they do it first class. So therefore, first class equal Krishna. Krishna consciousness equal first. You see, that's a, it's, a, it's kind of a subtle form of preaching in that way. It's anti-preaching if you do the opposite. You know, if someone starts to think, well, boy, this guy really doesn't do things. He does, he kind of halfway does this or think you could do a lot better here. I wonder if all the Krishnas are like that. Maybe this Krishna consciousness thing is just like halfway or three quarters. Doesn't seem like people do their all in all, you know. It will reflect. 
So we have to think like that. We have a duty. We have a duty. It's there. You know, it's like uh, someone could say, well, that's not what I bargained for. Well, you should have read the fine print of the contract. <laughs> yes, now you are initiated. Now you have a duty. You have a duty to represent your guru and Krishna. You're a representative of ISKCON. You can legally say, good afternoon, I'm a representative of the International Society for Krishna, of Krishna Consciousness and a direct representative of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada or Kamal Krishna Goswami or whomever. <clears throat> you are deputized. You are a deputized representative. You see, with that carries great responsibility. It's a very heavy responsibility. Actually, you are a direct representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada has said uh, in the ninth canto, I remember, but many different places, Prabhupada has said that when uh, uh, Krishna descended in the form of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to annihilate the miscreants and to help the devotees, to reestablish religion. So this movement that Lord Chaitanya started is Krishna. He says that in the ninth canto, I think it's the 23rd chapter. He says this, this ISKCON is a continuation of Lord Chaitanya's movement. Therefore, it is Krishna. ISKCON is Krishna. You are a member of the International Society of Krishna Consciousness. You are therefore a direct representative of not only your guru, but the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Big. It's a big <laughs> oh, responsibility that we have. You see, it's not a party. It's a re direct responsibility. Srila Prabhupada was so serious about spreading this movement. So serious. You see, he was a direct representative of Krishna and Guru. And he, was, he took it very seriously, as do we. We take it very seriously. Sometimes we may forget a little bit. You know, sometimes we may not. Sometimes we start to think a little bit about ourselves. You know, oh, woe is me. You know, that reminds me of, of it's like uh, I was thinking the other day about parties. Does everybody like to go to a party? Does everybody like, you like to go to parties? I bet there's one kind of party that you really wouldn't like to go to. If you got an invitation, you wouldn't RSVP. You would say, oh, I've got to be out of town that weekend. What kind of party do you think that is? And this is the kind of party you almost never get an invitation to. You just find yourself in it. Anybody want to guess what kind of party this is? It's a pity party. You ever notice that? You don't ever get invited to a pity party. People don't call you up and say, hey, Prabhu, can I come over? I want to talk to you. I want you to pity me. You ever notice that? No. You just find yourself, you say, oh, hi, how are you? Oh, boy, I'll tell you this and this and this and this and this. You find yourself in a pity party. Complain, complain, complain. You say, woe is me. So how is that person aware of the protection of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? How does that work? 
How, how can you be thinking that I am under the direct protection of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? I'm a direct representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. I am a direct representative of his direct representative at the same time. I'm a member of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, which is basically the only hope that this planet has. So how can I find some pity? Or, you know, something's wrong. We're not thinking of ourselves. We're not thinking of our true identity. You see, we're not thinking of who we are. We're not thinking about our mission. The more we think about our mission, huh, the more we're engaged in Krishna's service. That is the mission of this International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So we should think like that. And another uh, time we should, uh, another thing we should deal with, other than uh, avoiding our pity parties, which are sense gratification. A pity party is sense gratification. I want you to pity me. I have so many problems. Can we talk? I'm going to tell you about my suffering and my this, my that. We find that the people, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know some devotees who are very advanced in Krishna consciousness and very attached to being uh, nice devotees. And they have such upside-down things happening in their lives right now, but you would never know it. You'd never know it. You have to look in and search to find out and say, Prabhu, wow, how do you deal with that? Oh, well, it's, you know, ultimately it's Krishna's mercy. He'll take care of me. But they don't go around, oh, oh, hey, I'm glad to see you. You know, I've got a few things I want to tell you. <laughs> so you'll say, oh, Prabhu, I don't know how you deal with that. You see? But I know devotees that I've known for a long time that have great suffering. But you wouldn't know it. You have to you have to get real close to see it. But they deal with it like devotees. Why? They're so attracted to Krishna that they can't focus on this. They can't focus on this, this pity party. They can't go to their to a pity party. You see. Their pity party. They don't do that. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do it. We shouldn't waste. Now, I'm not saying that if we have uh, uh, troubles, if we have some difficulties, I'm not saying that we shouldn't consult somebody for advice or help. That's different. When you uh, reveal your mind in confidence to someone who's receiving your mind in confidence, the operative word there is confidence. Not like you go tell someone, you know, I'm having this problem and I, I need your advice. Oh, well, hang on. Well, let me get back to you. You know, hey, guess what? This devotee's having this incredible problem. Yeah, I, I'm going to have it on my Facebook. Yeah, I'll, I'll post all the details. All right, Prabhu, go ahead. Tell me. You see? Confidence. Why can't we have confidence? Why is it so important to be the first one to tell the tale? Why is it be the, why is it is it false ego? Hey, guess what I know? You'll never guess what I know. 
And remember, you heard it here first. Why is that so important? You see, If we hear something about, or if someone tells us something out of mercy, wouldn't we want to protect that? Wouldn't we want to keep it out of the, the uh, grapevine to protect that person? Or do we want to just stab that person by injecting it into the grapevine? And, of course, once something gets in the grapevine, every time it's told, it's distorted a little bit, you see. So hearing, revealing one's mind in confidence, receiving one's mind in confidence. If we need, if we need help, let's seek it from a proper authority. Let's be proper authorities. Every one of us should be the kind of person that is on everybody's list of people that they can go to for help and advice and confidence. Confidential, you see. Every one of us should be one of those people. Every one of us should be a shelter. We should become a shelter. The Lord is giving us shelter, you see, by his appearance on this planet. He's he's demonstrating how he's giving us shelter. We become deputized by him through his uh, uh, duly appointed representative. Uh, We become deputized to become shelters, to take the shelter that we're receiving and distribute it to others. That doesn't have anything to do with uh, blabbing about somebody blabbing a tale, speculation. We need to stamp out speculation. There's no room for it. There's no time for it. It's just entertainment. Rather than speculate, why don't you just turn on a television or put on a, 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 a tape? It's the same thing. It's just mental exercise. Let me have fun with a half-truth or a quarter truth. You see, I can take a quarter truth and spin that into a real tale. More fun than watching television even. You see, no speculation. We don't need it. You see, does an army run like that? Can we get serious about this mission? This is a real mission. This is a real war. We're fighting Maya. This is a war against illusion. You see, we're trying to save the world. We're trying to save the fallen conditioned souls. Can we get serious? Can an army run on uh, suppositions? Can an army run on speculation? No. If the general sends out scouts to know how much the enemy of the enemy is over there and where they are, he needs to know. Lives are at risk here. You see, the scout doesn't come back and say, well, you know, it could be this. I really think, you go tell the general that. By the time he gets to the general, it's all distorted. What kind of garbage is that? Would Srila Prabhupada approve of speculation? I really don't think so. So sometimes we have to really get serious to help ourselves, to help ourselves. We have to realize the the, uh, severity 
of the situation of the planet. The planet is in dire uh, straits right now. The demigods were calling Krishna, please, my Lord, come, please descend. You see, we have so many problems. The population of this planet has tripled since 1940. Since 1940, the population of this planet has tripled. In 1940 and before, uh, do you think there was how, how many, uh, how much production of organic foodstuffs do you think there were? Hundred percent. They didn't know any other way. Organic is the way you did things. They didn't know how to do the pesticides and the artificial uh, fertilizers. But at the same time, there was one-third the population. There was no necessity. Now, we have 7 billion, 6.9 billion people on this planet. Almost 7 billion. Uh, and that's going to increase up to, I think it's by, night, by 2050, it's supposed to increase if it continues at the current rate to uh, 9 billion people. Now, this uh, these chemical fertilizers and chemical pesticides were developed out of a real necessity because the demand for, for, for production per acre was, was really uh, predominant. We need it. We need more food. We had a lot of population on this planet. It's been incredible. Every country is reporting, well, most countries, there are you know, probably a couple of desert countries that aren't having a uh, tremendous um, increase in population. But most of the world has had tremendous increase in population. You see. So uh, we're teetering on the edge of famine. We're trying to produce more and more and more out of Less and less and less ground, you know. So, uh, the world is in a serious situation right now. You know, it's not just a. Uh, some sometimes there are the environmentalists are talking and they're talking about their their cause that they feel. You see, we the devotees see that the cause is much deeper than that. The cause is kali yuga. Kali Yuga is increasing. Kali Yuga is gaining force. You see. So it becomes more and more important for us to get serious because we're the only hope that this world really has. Now, there are some environmentalists that may clean up a little here. They may clean up a little there. But they're not going to clean up Kali Yuga. You see. And we have this 10,000-year uh, golden age of Lord Chaitanya. Now, who do you think will administer that golden age? Who, whose duty is it to administer the golden age of Lord Chaitanya? Us. We're the deputies. We're the ones who are here to uh, introduce the golden age of Lord Chaitanya to the fallen conditioned souls. You see? It's our duty. That's our purpose. 
that's why Srila Prabhupada started this movement, not for us to just uh, be ho-hum, chant, go back to Godhead. Yes, that is there, but take somebody with you. There's a golden age happening right now. How will anybody know it? We know it. How will anybody know it unless we distribute it? How will the people outside the, the temple know it? How will the people outside of Dallas know it? How will the people in Arkadelphia, Arkansas know it? How will the people in the towns and villages know about this golden opportunity that's happening unless we tell them? You see, Every town and village. Every town and village. Some people say, you know, why are you preaching in, you know, here or there? This is, oh, boy. Boy, Tennessee, you're in the Bible Belt. Jackson, Tennessee, boy, you're in the, that's a southern Bible Belt. Why don't you go someplace really cool and neat like uh, Portland, Oregon? Asheville, North Carolina, now that's hip. And it really is. Because we're not looking for fun. We're not looking for hip people. You know, we're not looking for a place where there's a little bit of hippie re uh, residue left over because those people may be hip and they may be easier to preach to. We're not picking and choosing because, well, this guy's easier to preach to because uh, he's got a T-shirt that has the ohm syllable on it. And this guy over here has just got a chew of tobacco in his mouth, so I'm not going to preach to him. No, we want them all. We want all living entities. We want them all. We're not going to distinguish. We're going to go places where they never heard of us. We're going to go places that people don't often go because there are people there that need to hear of us. I made a couple of passes through Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Who's ever heard, do you ever hear of Arkadelphia, Arkansas? You know, it's just, it's 9,800 people. <laughs> it's a little uh, wide spot in the road um, because Bhavananda lives there. Uh, I went through there. And just by <clears throat> cooking some prasadam and, <clears throat> and inviting some people and discussing Krishna Kata, now there's five new people there. Five, five new people are chanting Hare Krishna and reading Prabhupada's book. You know, and I think if we can do that in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, we can do that anywhere. Anywhere. So uh, we can't be choosy. We can't say, well, I'd really like to go preach here because I think that's really cool. No, we have to go. We have to spread it and get out and go. <clears throat> so this is very serious. We have to take uh, uh, seriously, very seriously, this mission that we're on. That is what we are. It's not like there are some religions and there are some gatherings of people who simply come together and praise the Lord. And that is wonderful. That's wonderful. But it's not what we do. We do that, but we also uh, spread this knowledge. We come together, we charge our batteries, and then we go out and we try to spread this to everyone else. This is a preaching mission, and we can preach in so many different ways. You see. And we're not afraid because we're under the protection of the Supreme Lord. 
you see. When we're realizing the protection of the Supreme Lord, Prabhupada says here in the close of this purport that the devotees should be able to see these footprints of the Lord. They're here. We should see the footprints of, uh, of the Lord on the heads of all the devotees. We should be able, I can't say, I'm not saying I can, but we should be able to see it. They're on your head. Krishna's footprints are on your head. They're on your heart. They're all over the floor, up and down the hall. I remember talking with Tamal Krishna Goswami when I was head Pajari. I said, I wonder if Krishna, I wonder if Kalachanji uh, walks up and down the hall. And he said to me, why wouldn't he? Why would he not? Do you think he just stands on the altar like that? He's not confined to the altar. We may think that. But you see. So these uh, lotus footprints of the Lord <clears throat> with the conch shell, the disc, the club, and the lotus are everywhere. These are our protection, you see. We should meditate on, we should remember those lotus feet because if we remember those lotus feet, then we're told, uh, we're, we can convince ourselves, I am protected because I am a member of Krishna's organization. I'm a, re I'm a, a what do they call it? A registered card-carrying member of ISKCON. We ought to have cards, shouldn't we? So we can be card-carrying members. I'm a card-carrying me member of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and I'm here to save your soul. <laughs> you can flip your ID out. ISKCON Patrol, here to save your soul, sir. <laughs> you see? Bold. We can be bold because we're protected. We're the most protected. Therefore, we can be the most bold. We don't have a thing to worry about. So, are there any questions or comments? Criticisms? Let's see, who, who was first? I'll let you go first. Yeah. Yeah. Is your question that sometimes people come to you and they it, it seems like they're they're wanting to in, inquire in confidence but really they're they're <clears throat> when you get into it they're just kind of spilling their guts about somebody else. Yeah. Well, then we have to step out of the uh, the sense gratificatory mood. You know, sense gratification would be, all right, you're you're spilling your guts to me. You're this is wrong. I should correct you. But if I correct you, you may not like me. And it sure feels good for you to like me. I sure enjoy it when you like me. 
I like it when you walk away and you tell people that you like me. It just makes me feel so tingly. You see, we have to get over that. We have to say, stop it, hold it, hold it right here. I'm sorry. Oh. Do you, do you just want to criticize this person? I mean, are you venting or are you trying to fix this situation? Has this person done something to you? In other words, I'm just trying to understand what are we really trying to do here? Have I uh, found myself in a, at a party that I wasn't invited to, a pity party? You know, I don't, if I get an inv invitation to a pity party, I'm not going. <clears throat> Therefore, I don't want one sprung on me. I don't want a surprise pity party, you see. Or sometimes it can be in the form of, I just want to, I, I want to dump on this devotee here because they hurt my feelings, or they, you know, they, they, they stung my false ego. I got to dump on this guy. I got to get him back, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell him, and I'll tell him, and you know, if I get enough people talking about this person, boy, that'll get even, because he poked my false ego, and I didn't like it. I I don't have to tolerate it. I won't tolerate it. I'll get back at him somehow. You see. You know, there there are some folks, uh, unfortunately and I don't know how to help them. <clears throat> Some of them appear to be very senior. You would think they would be. They've been around quite a long time. But most of what they do is uh, uh, criticize, complain. How on earth can we find, how, how is it, just, let's just use logic, how is it possible for somebody to realize that the lotus footprints of Krishna are all over this place, that we are under the direct protection of the Supreme Controller, and that we are deputized representatives of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His pure devotees, and that we're the only help to save this hope, to save this planet, and that we're doing so much to do that. How can somebody find so much criticism? How is this possible? Something is broken here. I know people that most of what comes out of their mouth is criticism. Criticism about the management, criticism about this, criticism about the kirtans. You know, I don't like the New Age kirtans, and sometimes I talk about it. I, I, don't, I hope I don't sound overly critical. <clears throat> you know, I'm not a big fan of all the jayas at the end, you know. I remember the days when we knew how to we we knew how to end a kirtan. It wasn't ungraceful to just stop the kirtan, you know. He did the, the thing with the kirtan, the cartels, and it just stopped, you know. So now there are people who don't know how to stop a kirtan without jaya jaya and and on and on and on and then some hari bowls at the end. You see, I don't want to criticize. That's the way it's done. I've talked to many of my godbrothers who wanted to reform that and realized it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's here. Live with it. Because nobody is going to change. What's the bright side? They're doing kirtan. They're chanting Hare Krishna. Of course they made up jaya this and all the jayas at the end. 
It's concocted. Prabhupada never gave us that. But it's wonderful because we're chanting Hare Krishna and praising the deities. You see? So whereas I could make an ugly face and make a scene and say, why are you doing it? Or I could just chant Hare Krishna with the devotees who are chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> this is a real positive. We have people in Dallas, Texas who come together and chant the names of the Lord on a regular basis and pay obeisances to the deity of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. How can we criticize that? Now, there's nothing wrong for somebody coming up with a suggestion on how we can improve. That's a little different from a criticism, isn't it? If you, in, in a humble mood, if you can say, you know, Prabhu, I was just thinking, you know, I could be wrong, I don't know, but maybe if we did, you know, this like that, I was thinking that would be nice. You know, it might be an, a, an improvement, if it's possible, and if it's practical, you see. If it's, if it's practical, I, I was wondering if, we, if it, that would be a... Sometimes people may, you may be surprised. They may say, hey, well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Or they may say, well, that's a good idea, but uh, it's not practical because for us to get there, we would have to spend this much money, we have to do this, we'd have to make these changes. So it's a great idea, and we're maybe working towards it, but we can't do it today. So we need to get off of the criticism path. You know, what's the rule? You know, should be able. You should give. If you're going to criticize, if you're going to find fault with something, you should praise it ten times. Or if you're going to find fault with someone, you should give them ten praises. You see, ISKCON is praiseworthy. The whole organization is praiseworthy. You know, right now the GBC meetings are going on in um, Mayapur, and I'm just waiting for the ocean or the, the tidal wave of criticisms to come after they release what they want to do this year. You know, it happens every year. We get this tidal wave of criticism. You see, so there are some people who who uh, who are dedicated to that, and I, and and I'm thinking that's so unfortunate. Because just think by the by, by that energy that you're spending on being critical of the GBC and this and that, and how many souls have you let perish in this material world? We're taking our eye off the ball. We're taking our eye, our sights off the target. <clears throat> We're here to save people. If you've got a suggestion on something the GBC should do differently, put it in the proper channels and go on with your service. Krishna will straighten things out. Who can deal with the, the, the big guys? The real big guy. Krishna. Ultimately, Krishna will take care of it. Not that we just never say anything, but being overly critical is just nutty. Waste of time. It's a form of enjoyment. It's a form of sense gratification. If I can criticize somebody... Perhaps in your eyes, you're going to see that I'm more advanced than they are. I'm criticizing something you do or the way you do it. I'm showing you at the same time that I know better. Pandava Vijay Prabhu, did you have a question? No? Oh, I did? 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I remember we used to have those. I still have one. Yeah. I'm a, I actually am a card-carrying member. <laughs> and when I lose one, I, I make one. I take a picture, and I put... I just like to have one. I don't you know. It's just kind of... Reminds me that I'm a card-carrying member of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. So... Yeah. All right. We've gone over a little bit, so thank you all so much. <clears throat> all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Srimad Bhagavatam. Yes,
Jaya Jaya Gopal Jaya Jaya 